Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Thank you, sir, whoever you are. He's been introducing me on the show for 11 years. This is our longest-running Game Changers radio series out of 48 shows I've started for SAP since 2011, and that's a milestone. Quick shout-out to Pras Chatterjee at SAP for continuing to sponsor this really important series. We have global listeners, people listening all over the world for great information and insight. So thank you very much. Shout-out also to Chris Grundy, who has been a sponsor for many years. I have an interesting topic for you today. I'll be introducing my panel in just a second. Panel, please wave hello to LinkedIn. Wave hello to Facebook. There we go. I can see you all. We're live streaming, and we're excited about that. We're going to be talking about... Oh no, taxes, everybody's not favorite topic, but I'm going to start out with a little bit of what I think is humor on a serious topic. And we're going to be approaching this, of course, from the enterprise POV. I have a quote from Benjamin Franklin. Anybody alive hasn't heard of him? 1706 to 1790. He was a polymath, a writer, a scientist, an inventor, a statesman, a diplomat, a printer, a publisher, a political philosopher. Svining, can you imagine having a bio that had all of those words in it? That's just tiring. Anyway, he said, in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. We all know that one. Then I have a quote from somebody a lot more modern, Bonnie Raitt. Yes, she's a blues singer, country singer, songwriter, guitarist, record producer, still very much with us, born in 1949. I hear that was a very good year. And she says, solar power is the last energy resource that isn't owned yet. Nobody taxes the sun yet. Oh my. Okay. And I have one more quote from Arthur C. Clarke, who lived from 1917 to 2008. He was a sci-fi writer, futurist, inventor, undersea explorer, TV series host, and guess what? He co-wrote the screenplay for 2001 A Space Odyssey, the 1968 film. And he says, the best measure of a man's honesty isn't his income tax return. It's the zero adjust on his bathroom scale. Okay, you can all laugh now. So let's go on with what we're talking about. The EY, yes, we do have Spining Larson with us from EY. The EY, 2020, that was just two years ago, Tax and Finance Operate Survey reported that 51% of all respondents to the survey expected an increase in their organization's tax risk profile. Why? From complying with emerging digital tax filing requirements, while a huge 84% expected it to increase the workload of the tax and finance function. Just let that sink in. And a lot of our listeners and viewers around the world are probably saying, yeah, that sounds about right. And in 2022, EY did a tax and finance operations survey, and they found that the same number, 84% of, res- of respondents are actively transforming to tackle challenges. Guess what? This is talent. This is legislative and regulatory changes. This is future-proofing their technology. Those are key concerns for tax and finance. And of course, the COVID-19 pandemic made some of these challenges worse and accelerated the need to to transform and perform better. Here's a reality check. With new regulatory announcements coming every month, I have a feeling it's almost every day, right, Erica? It could be every day. I didn't introduce her yet, but she's nodding. It seems your business needs to adapt your processes to remain sustainable and, of course, profitable. So how do intelligent businesses 
And we're doing the show for intelligent businesses around the world. We're giving you credit for being intelligent. We hope you are. How do you take your tax transformation as a strategic turning point for operational efficiency and seamless compliance? Stop deprioritizing. Stop ignoring your company's tax function in your digital business transformation initiatives. I have, everybody wave when, Erica, I'm waiting for you to put your bottle down. There we go. Erica Busan is with us. We have Spining Bauman Larson. He goes by Spining Larson now. Hi, you haven't been on in years. I'm so happy to see you. Big wave there. And Vicki Bradford. Hello, Vicki from PwC. And I'm going to ask them for their insights on the digital enterprise turning taxes into... <gasps> opportunity. Oh my, that sounds like a big challenge. I don't know, but know if it's possible, but we're going to find out. Bonnie D in the house. Let's go around the table and get introductions. Erica, I'm putting you on speaker view. I just met you recently, so happy to have you here. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at SAP, but more important, what makes you an expert on this topic and why are you excited about this topic? Erica, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie, and thank you for having us in, uh, on your show. Definitely be exciting being here. So thank you very much. But uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Erica Buzona and uh, Solution Owner for Global Tax SAP. I will not spend too much on it. Like my background tells you what my title is, if you forget about. Uh, but in very few words, I'm responsible to formulate uh, the solution strategy, solution roadmap based on your needs. Of course, I can't make miracles. So let, let's also be honest on that uh, and ultimately drive the let's say, go to market of our solution. So that's, let's say, the formal introduction, but let me now tell you a little bit more about myself. I joined SAP only uh, a year and a half ago, so probably still a newbie to SAP, and pretty much everyone in SAP has been around for much longer than me, uh, but definitely now uh, a newbie to the world of tax and technology. Uh, I joined SAP pretty much after uh, uh, 10 years of working on uh, uh, business transformation, of course, in the space of tax uh, enabled by uh, SAP Escorana and the ERP system uh, uh, itself. Of course, you're probably wondering 10 years, you really joking, and I'm not, unfortunately, it's true, I'm getting old, unfortunately but let's leave that aside. Uh, I did pretty much join uh, uh, after university and uh, uh, I did go offer a job in technology for tax. And uh, my friends asked me, I still remember like it would be yesterday, do you want to do tax? What, what is about? And I'm like, I actually don't know. But then I started asking myself of uh, uh, what do I like to do? I was coming from an engineering degree and I was like, do I like to work in a plant? I also don't know what a plant is. Do I like to work in supply chain? I also don't know what supply chain is. So when I ask myself what I actually passionate about and uh, I'm really passionate about problem solving. And I can tell you if you like to solve problem and solve complicated problem, technology for tax is really the place you want to be. Uh, I joined it 10 years ago and I never left it and I never think to leave it because you never get bored. It is an area which has definitely been neglected in the years and has always been perceived that uh, I have to comply, I'll do the bare minimum. It doesn't give me anything else, and which is actually not true. So there are a lot of opportunities there that are still to be discovered. And the uh, problem are not simple to solve because, of course, legislation is never uh, uh, simple. So it's, uh, if you like problems and you like to solve problems in a way they deliver business value, not just solving problems for the sake of solving a problem, that's really the place you want to be. And you're probably wondering why I moved from uh, industry consulting to SAP. Uh, well, let, let me tell you why I did that move and then I'll probably post. But uh, uh, throughout the year, I pretty much uh, keep hearing uh, uh, ERP for tax. What, what are you talking about? ERP is done for supply chain and for MRP for like those type of processes. Why are you telling me the ERP is going to help for tax? Or uh, if you talked about 
tax expert is also is like, no, 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 no. Mm. I can't automate anything. It's so country specific. There is no automation, no opportunity there. But uh, uh, I did two uh, end-to-end business transformation uh, uh, on Esporana, and I proved that they can happen. Tax can deliver value, and you can simplify your processes. And I can admit it, it was really rewarding, and probably there is nothing more rewarding than talking to business user and saying, oh, yeah, I do see the value of what we have worked for three years together. Uh, but I still decide to move on because rather than helping a couple of customers uh, over a couple of years, because let's be honest, it doesn't take uh, uh, two minutes to, to implement it. I wanted to do some, like try to influence the SAP solution for all the customers that we have, and here we are. Uh, so hopefully today we'll bring some insights of what we are uh, doing and how ERP can help you for tax. Thank you, Erica. We enjoyed the story of your journey. Thank you very much. That was more than I expected, but you are so charming to listen to. I think we all enjoyed that very, very much. Let's go around the tables. Finding Larson, it's been years. I think it's five years since you've been on one or more of my radio shows, and I was so happy to see you join the guest list today. So why don't you reintroduce yourself? So finding, since it's five years, I have to do the math. I'm guessing... There might be 12.3 people in the world who don't remember you because it's been so long. So would you please talk to them and tell them what have you been up to in the intervening years and what are you doing here? What's your passion for tax and transformations? Finding welcome. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, Bonnie. So I think uh, on the background, you can read my title. So I'm leading our EMEA tax technology and transformation practice, uh, which is all focused on driving tax technology enablement for our clients. But I think it's more interesting to talk about how I ended up here because I have a bit of a funny story, just like Erica, because background of trade isn't really taxed for me either. So I started out as an industrial engineer, really focused on the finance function, really focused on um, on production and, and engineering. And I started out with our consulting practice back in, I think, 2004. And I was uh, focused on SAP ever since. And we did SAP enterprise performance management uh, projects of planning, consolidation and the like. And then funnily enough in EY in Oslo, and I was a fairly young, um, maybe even more energetic than now person um, back then. And we had this partner coming running down the staircases from the eighth floor. And I was seated on the sixth floor and I was just in between projects. And he was waving his arms and saying, you know, is there anyone down here that can talk about resources? Because we just have the introduction of the transfer pricing regulation in Norway. And then I overheard him talking to one of the partners in consulting. And I was in between projects. So I raised my hands when I was asked to join a transfer pricing project. One of the first ones in Norway um, for a big Norwegian multinational. And I was amazed by what I found. I found such a great opportunity to further improve and reap benefits and drive value. So ever since, I moved to what my consulting friends will call the dark side of the moon, where there is little radio signal, which is taxes. And I have never looked back. And I've been doing tax technology and transformation for the last 16 years. And I love it. So thank well, you, Bonnie. Thank you. That's inspiring. And and sometimes I like to use this show, and Vicki Bradford will get to you in just a second, but sometimes I like to use the show as a shout out 
to anybody who's looking at a career in business who would say, ah, finance, ah, CFO, ah, tax, how boring, and say there is excitement, there's value. And I sense both from Erica and Spining so far, and I'm, I think Vicki will echo this, that you have a sense of working on challenges, right, Erica? Problem solving, which gets the brain going, and the sense that you're contributing. Because like like I read in the opening quote, okay, taxes and death, they're going to happen one way or another. So let's focus on the taxes since we can't do anything about the other part. On that note, I'm going to ask Vicki Bradford. Vicki, so nice to have you here. I enjoyed meeting you on our prep call. Would you please introduce yourself to the world and tell I us? Will I will ahead. do. Go ahead. Welcome, Vicki. Thanks, Monique. It is, it's lovely to be here making my podcast debut. I'm, I'm quite excited. So um, I'm Vicky Bradford. I'm a partner in our tax ERP and data team here in PwC UK. So I work with organizations that are going through large scale tax transformations and, and help support them through looking at their processes, their systems and technology, their data compliance and reporting. Um, I've got around 17 years experience in tax. I started in, in 2005. Um, and I've spent time both in industry and, and in the big four. So I've got some real world experience in, in, in tax as well. But um, similar to what Erica and what Svenning have, have, have said, I, I find this area really, really exciting um, because it is so different and because it changes all of the time. So the kind of work that we were doing five years ago is very, very different to, to what we do now and, and the digital requirements that are coming in. So. I think the fact that it's constantly changing and we have to evolve to keep up with it is what excites me about it. Um, but I've, I've had a career change. So my background is, is global compliance. So I, I was a global compliance specialist. So my understanding is all around how local authorities regulate organizations and what those local requirements are. Um, and when I came back from my second maternity leave, I decided that I wanted a bit of a career change. So move more into um, an ERP focus. So now I, I tend to work with those organizations that are implementing ERP and in the role of a tax business, business integrator. So helping them to articulate what it is that they need and bridge the gap between the tax team and the IT team, you know, translating a set of requirements into a language that an IT person is going to be able to understand and then go off and build. I have to tell you something, Vicki. When I was hired to be to work for a correspondent bank in New York in the late 1980s, I was originally interviewed as a pro. I was a programmer analyst. I had many years of working coding. Okay, and they said to me, "Wait a minute, Bonnie. You speak two languages. You not only speak at the time it was COBOL, but you speak." English slash IT. They said, instead of having you do that, why don't we create a position, Vicki, for me as the systems liaison? And they sent me to, this was a, a correspondent bank. It wasn't you walk in and get a money order or, or you check your checking. This was a back office bank for the banks of New York State, okay? Created at the time of the, the great whatever in 1932, okay, the Great Recession, the Great Crash. And so they sent me around to all of the departments in the Manhattan office, I was working on Long Island at the time, to ask them, 
what did they need from IT? But Vicki, it wasn't IT. It was called MIS, IMS, information management systems in those days. So they said, you go and find out what did they need. Then you come back and sit with the programmers and tell them what reports the people in the business units needed in order to do their jobs. Now, we had a vault. We kept securities. We did back office check processing. We did all of the back end processes for the savings banks of New York State. So Vicky, when you said that, it brought back, they created the system just for me because the, the guy who hired me said, you speak both languages, we want you to be that systems liaison. So Vicky, thank, thank you. I'm sorry to derail this, but it was just, it made sense then. And Vicky, obviously it makes sense now, right? That the departments have to talk to each other. What do you need? Thank you very much. Let's move on. Thank you all for the introductions. I really appreciate getting to know you and presenting you to our audience. And we have a lot of people watching on LinkedIn today. This is exciting. So let's go to the opening quotes. I've asked each of you, as we do on this show, to please send me a quote from a fictional TV or movie character or a song lyric that has nothing to do with finance, nothing to do with taxes. And you're going to relate it to the topic. Eric, I has said to quote, well, from a finance movie, but it was interesting. Lawrence Field, who is a hedge fund investor played by Tracy Letts, is speaking to Michael Burry, the owner of Scion Capital Hedge Fund, played by Christian Bale. The movie, of course, The Big Short, 2015 American biographical comedy drama. I love the way they hyphenate that comedy drama film. It was a little funny. It was a little dramatic. It won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Here's the line. Actually, no one can see a bubble that's what makes it a bubble, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with this, but three minutes related to our topic, please. Go ahead. Yeah, well, why I've chosen it because pretty much every company I talk with, uh, I feel they look at compliance like a bubble. Not sure, still wondering if they don't see it or they don't want to see it, but uh, uh, I still feel that in most of the conversation, really compliance is still a bubble. And if we talk about digital compliance, the Vicky just mentioned, I think is even worse. I mean, uh, pretty much uh, uh, no uh, company have started preparing for it, which means they look at it as a bubble. And if we look the first country introducing uh, uh, tax in the being Brazil 10, like 20 years back, 10, 12 years back, uh, I mean, no customer have seen it, the bubble to pop. They have literally looked at the Brazil requirement, did like every company has been implementing difficult solution of point to point, huge effort. I remember back in the day, service center pretty much big like the rest of the world. And no one really, let's say, preparing for uh, uh, that uh, that bubble to pop, but uh, uh, probably a bit of a sad comparison, but like the housing bubble has popped, uh, digital compliance is also popping. And that's what kind of uh, uh, Vicky was mentioning. I mean, what we were doing five, 10 years ago is not comparable to what we do today. And uh, uh, as the uh, digital compliance bubble has popped, the uh, companies have no choice. They need to invest in it. They need to uh, to comply. There is no choice as we need to invest in the business, but we have pretty much two choices. Mm -hmm. Either throw money on it to just reach the minimum level of compliance, which is again mandatory, or looking at it as an opportunity. And again, it's perhaps a bit of a sad comparison, but like some uh, people made money out of the housing bubble. There are companies that out of compliance, they are really delivering business value. And rather than, again, just throwing money out there to meet the minimum requirement of compliance, they look at it as a transformation opportunity to bounce it forward uh, and gain value out of it. So uh, the, the compliance bubble is about to pop or probably has already popped in many, most of the countries we work on. So that's uh, why I guess we are having uh, this talk today about the topic. 
Thank you very much. Opportunity is the word we're looking at today. Transformation opportunities. Thank you very much, Erica. Svining, I'm looking at your quote. It's from Alfred Thaddeus Crane Pennyworth. Everybody knows him as Pennyworth, played by Andy Serkis and many others in the Batman films. The source from this one is Batman and Robin, number 10 issue, volume one, the cover date. Actually, this was from not only the movie, but it was in the comic May 2010. Pennyworth is one of the most important supporting characters in Batman's story. He's the wisest, most loyal and beloved allies of Batman and his longtime friend, Wayne. I'm sorry. He was a Wayne family butler. He was a caretaker and he was his adoptive father. Let's go. Here's the quote. The past can talk to the future. If the present has eyes to hear, ears to hear, and eyes to see with. Okay, we're hearing with our ears and we're hearing, seeing with our eyes. I got confused. Svining, unconfuse me, please. What is this quote about in terms of tax and opportunity? Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. Now, first, first of all, Batman, an amazing character. Alfred, an even more amazing character. And if you think about it, I mean, Alfred, he's this 92-year-old caretaker, old guy, right? And he supports Batman. He's a stepfather. And what does Batman do? He's carrying out the police work in Gotham City with different methods and different technologies than the police force have. And he's very successful in catching the crooks. So when I'm talking about um, being able to look to the future, you need to understand the past and you under- need to understand the present. It really means that it is now, the digital tidal wave for tax is now. And when looking at um, companies that I work with, we need to have the tax directors really recognizing what value that tax can bring. And it needs to be, they need to be on the forefront of communicating those value stories to other business functions, such as the finance function, which is often the budget holder and the key decision maker as to which investments is going to be done. And if if the tax director and the tax function doesn't recognize what the future will hold now, so the present or in the based on the past, I think they will struggle to accommodate their compliance requirements. But not only that, I think they will, as a company, struggle to realize value, they will have value leakage, which may materialize not only in inefficiencies, but also direct cash leakages, Bonnie, direct cash leakages. Thank you very much. Very interesting and appreciate the quote. And let's go on. Vicki, I'm looking for Erica. I'll sort that out. Yes, I'll, I'm sending Erica the statement. We're going to start the roundtable in a minute. Vicki Bradford has sent us a quote from Montgomery, Lightning McQueen, voiced by Owen Wilson. Does it get any better than that voice? Cars 3, 2017 American computer animated sports comedy adventure. We got comedy. We got adventure film. The score by Randy Newman. He's always wonderful. McQueen is a fictional anthropomorphic stock car. He's the protagonist of the animated Pixar film series Cars, Cars 2, Cars 3, and he appears in the Cars Tunes TV series. I'm going to leave it there. Here's the quote. I can't go out on the track and do the same old thing. It won't work. I have no idea how to do his voice, Vicky. If you want to do a McQueen voice, that's fine with me. Go ahead, Vicky. Talk to I'm, us. I'm all, good. I'm all good on the impressions. I think I'll leave that to the experts. But I think it says a lot about my life now that rather than quoting something from like Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction or Shawshank Redemption, I've gone for a kid's film quote because that's 
pretty much all I watch nowadays. But um, I've chosen this so to, to give a bit of context. Lightning McQueen is historically been really successful in the Piston Cup. He's regularly won it. He is the you know, the best, most well-known name in in this track. Um, as he's got older, he's started to see a lot of new cars coming on the scene with different technologies, and 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 he is falling behind. Um, and you know the the young up and come up-and-coming cars start beating him and so he gets to that realization that he can't keep on doing the same thing it's not going to work and this really resonated with me and, and what I see with a lot of the work that I do because I work with a lot of organizations that are having to deal with these new digital tax requirements and you know historically with compliance you look at what you did last year and you do the same thing and that's fine but that's not appropriate anymore. It's not It's not going to work. So organizations really need to think about tax when they're going through a business transformation because if they don't, it's not going to work. And that can really have far-reaching implications just be, beyond the tax team. You know, it can be commercial implications as well. So that's why uh, That's why I'm, I'm going to Disney for my, uh, my sense and my quote. Thank you. We love animated film quotes, Vicky. That's just fine. It has nothing to do with how many kids you have or how old or young your family is. We really appreciate it. Thank you all for doing the work and having the fun with your quotes. I very, very much enjoyed them. Let's go to the serious part of the show, the roundtable. Erica's going to start. Erica, we're going to statement number two you requested. I think this is a good one. I'm going to read just a little bit. You wrote me a, a whole novel here, and I appreciate the all of the details you put into your statements, Erica. I'm going to read a little bit and ask you to unpack it. Take your three minutes, and then Svining, I want you to please, would you move forward on your chair? Sit forward on your chair a little bit. Vicki, you too, because when Erica's done with her three minutes, I'm going to ask Svining, to agree or disagree with Erica. And then Vicki, you get to ad- agree or disagree with both of them. You've got your work cut out for you. Okay. And if you, even if you agree, take your three minutes and talk to us and tell us what your POV is on that. Erica, I'll give you a chance to briefly respond to them. And then finding I will have a statement in the chat for you and we'll go continue around the table. So here's what Erica told me before the show. She says, ERP becomes the foundation to enable tax as authorities demand real-time data and increased transparency. I'm going to stop there and let you talk more. Erica, please. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm actually staying three minutes. I'm Italian, so it's difficult. Uh, but uh, uh, if we look at the past, uh, I mean, uh, uh, tax department pretty much, and the past is not 20 years ago, I mean, when I was already working, they are uh, pretty much working on sidecar solution. And uh, let's be honest, most of those times, those sidecar are uh, called Excel. Uh, and then uh, uh, that was when tax authority were just demanding a consolidated report, 10, 15, 20 boxes, whatever uh, complicated they are, but no more than uh, uh, two digits boxes. And that's it. And uh, then uh, uh, five, 10 years ago, we started hearing about SAFTI and it was mainly Europe, but uh, uh, North America, don't be too relaxed because there are rumors out there as well. And uh, uh, what is SAFTI, if you don't know, that's pretty much take every account record you go in your system and send to the tax authorities. Your bigger company, 20 gigabyte file, needs to go to the tax authority every month, which means tax authority knows everything that your company is doing. And uh, uh, did they stop their tax authority? Of course, no. They realize they can make use of data and now they go, it's like, no, 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 no. Send me the invoice before they can go to your customer. If your invoice can go to the customer, I know exactly everything that is up 
spend and I know how much taxes you have to pay to me. Uh, and that's not even stopping there because I'm sure you are, uh, uh, that's keeping you awake the night, the global minimum tax that is coming up uh, uh, in the next few years. And if we look at this space, there is pretty much no choice. If your invoice have to go to the tax authority uh, before uh, they go to your customer, it has to be part of the business processes. And where do business processes run? In the ERP. And it is kind of like, mandatory that is part of the business processes, but back to the original topic that we were discussing, if we embed the tax in the business processes, we end up opening much more opportunity because if you have an ERP with data and that you can consume in real time and you can use for tax purposes, then of course you can uh, do more uh, intelligent processes for tax, right? And if we look at indirect tax, more, more governments are looking into preparing what we call, let's say, VAT bill on VR for companies. And if that's the case, you need to reconcile the, like, the tax authority to your system of records. So again, pretty much it has to be uh, embedded. If we look at global minimum tax, you like across all the countries, a company operate need to prove global minimum tax back to your accounting record. So I don't want to spend uh, much more time. I think I'm over my three minutes, so can probably <laughs> be on time. But uh, hopefully that's give uh, some insight of why uh, it's as tax authority move to digital and invest in technology, uh, they, uh, there is, let's say, a must-have tax embedded in the business process which run in the ERP, but that is not, let's say, a cause or a negative thing that open up to many more opportunity that in a sidecar with limited data and uh, limited uh, uh, functionality to analyze data were not possible. Thank you. Very interesting. I'm especially interested in the term sidecar. I'm thinking of a motorcycle in a movie. Vicky, I'm sure there was something in your, in your movie there. Spining. Agree or disagree with Ms. Erica? What do you think? Oh, it's difficult. You can I only agree. I partially agree with Erica. I do Good. agree that there is a foundation. And I do very much agree with you, Erica, on what you're saying on the business process. I'm always a firm believer that business process is driving the data output and that the technology is capturing the data uh, that needs to be captured and it flows seamlessly downstream. But I think the, the, the ERP is the foundation. I do agree partially with that, and that's because I think there is a lot of application of tax rules that is happening to financial data outside the ERP itself in the ecosystem of other relevant applications that the tax function need to use to stay on top of their game. Um, I think the ERP is the common denominator and key repository for stating the, the kind of um, the, the ultimate truth. And I think as we move forward, um, tax ledgers is going to be more and more important as tax auditors, tax inspectors will go to source and look at, am I actually treating this correctly for tax purposes? Uh, but I would disagree uh, that everything can happen in ERP, and hence I'm referring to these ecosystem of other tax-relevant application that allows us to apply tax logic to financial data. Interesting. Erica, hold your thoughts. I know you want to come back with a rebuttal, but I want to get Vicky in here first. We're going around the table. Vicki Bradford, you're on Speaker View. Talk to us. What do you think? So I, I agree with Svining in, in the regards that I think the ERP is a key enabler. But I think, for me, data is the most important thing, and data can come from multiple sources. But the, the issue that the tax function has got now is that they need to report in an almost real-time 
basis you know that the the room for error is very very small it's all about right first time data therefore understanding you know where your data comes from what needs to happen to that data to get it into the right format to then report to the tax authorities it is going to be key and the issue that the tax the tax team has at the moment is that they are just being pulled in so many different directions and ultimately they're a customer of that data data they don't typically own it it will sit within finance it will sit within supply chain so I really think there's a lot of focus that needs to happen around the quality of the data and ensuring that you know you're monitoring it all of the time I think what Erica said around tax authorities knowing a lot about your business is really really um, spot on you know we, we are going to be moving into a scenario where the tax authorities will know more about your business than you do you know they, they will be able to see where you've got data anomalies they will be able to see um, all of these kind of things. So keeping up with them and having that visibility and, and, and you know, fending that off in a way is going to be really key, I think. Thank you very much. Erica, it's your turn. Come back. What do you think? Come back. Uh, well, because Bainung, I guess, has now paid enough attention because uh, the statement was ERP is the foundation to enable tax. Didn't say much different. So I'm not sure you can disagree with that. Uh, so I'll leave with that with Zweinung, uh, uh, maybe next one to pay more attention, by the way. Uh, but, uh, uh, but back to uh, what Vicky uh, said, I mean, I 300% agree. And uh, uh, the way we look, I mean, uh, garbage in is garbage out, right? And uh, But the way we should look at it, getting the right data in the first place, it's the way to turn uh, to use the transformation to turn a tax into an opportunity right because if we go into a system that has been there for 20 years that has very well established process and so on to change the data or it's an investment that never pays out and also pretty much no one really want to do to be realistic and practical but if tax is embedded in the transformation embedded in the business process as a result you get data you can use for tax purposes and that's where everything else let's say uh, can be uh, looked at to truly deliver value. Um, so fully agree in that. Thank you very much, Erica. Well, that was a provocative round. We don't often get that level of blood pressure going up. I appreciate it. Let's move on. Finding unless there's something you want to say back to Erica. Anything? I'll give you a chance here. No, I think me and Erica, we, we see eye to eye on this and we, we completely agree. And she would also know um, that um, there is a lot of other applications that sits on top of ERP which of is course. super important to deliver. So, so I think uh, there is no uh, disagreement. I think it's just an extension of what Erica is saying. Absolutely. Thank you very much. That was a good resolution. Thank you, Vicky, like that too. Okay, all's peaceful in the world. Let's go. Svining, I'm looking at your statement number one. This is interesting. You say in the future, and you can tell us how far in the future this could be, the tax function should fund itself and be a contributor. Is this evolutionary, revolutionary? I don't usually ask questions, but I want to know. Svining, go ahead. I think... It's provocative, that's what it is. And whether we want to call it evolutionary or revolutionary, I mean, we can debate that. But I'm putting this statement forward to be a bit provocative because tax initially sit on a pot of gold. I mean, we heard Vicky, we heard Erica. I see the same with the companies that I work for. Um, I see the same with people I'm speaking with. The sidecar is Excel. And guess what? The reporting obligations, the time being spent is just massive. And if we look at 
a business function that can drive transformative benefits in 2022 and onwards, it is really tax. Come on, if you look at the finance function, there we see incremental benefits. They've been using technology since the 1980s. We've been fiddling around with Excel. So if I'm looking at some of my, or some of the companies that I'm working with, it's not an often that I see recurring double digit millions in saving coming from the tax function. When we look at the value stories or business cases, if we want, we find them sometimes up in the area of triple digit millions being saved every year. And why should then tax and the tax function be a cost center? Why don't we think differently of tax? Why don't organizations put their tax function a bit under pressure, make them more a value center, look at um, the value that is being realized and look at how they can kind of stuff and revitalize themselves through benefits delivered to the wider organization. Again, provocative, but I think the opportunity is there. And I really think that these investments will pay off for the organizations that goes after them. Thank you. And that was our theme. That's our topic is opportunity. So I'm glad you presented that. Let's see what your colleagues on the panel have to say. Vicki Bradford, you are right now at this very moment in time sitting virtually next to Sfining. So why don't you talk to us? Agree or disagree? Erica, you'll follow Vicki. Go ahead. Vicky. I mean, I, w- I want to be controversial and disagree, but I don't. I actually do really agree. And it's something that I'm already seeing at the moment. So the last two ERP programs that I've worked on, a key component of the business case for the spend has been tax. And it's around the amount of money that the organizations expect to save in terms of tax settlements or tax audit cost, you know, advisor costs that they're not going to have to spend because they've got better quality data. They're not going to have somebody having to do loads of reworking on their, their returns and their compliance. So definitely, I'm already seeing that that tax as, as the, the value driver for transformation as, as part of an ERP implementation or, or broader business transformation. So yeah, like I said, I like to be contrary and disagree, but I have to agree with you here on his finding. I think it's really important. Thank you very much. Erica, what do you think? Yeah, Join us. Uh, unfortunately, I have to agree with both of them. I would like to give back to Svining, but I think I can't say it's time. Uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I started the introduction, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's an area full of opportunities, so there are not doubt, no doubts at all. And uh, uh, the, the way I like looking at it, it's, uh, it's li- literally looking as a ladder, right? It's, uh, you, you start at the bottom where you need to enable compliance and it's local, it is in every country, it is complicated. And like Vicky said, there is a lot of opportunity in there uh, by streamlining and automating compliance with start, like standard process worldwide. Of course, there are a lot of savings that can be driven there from a compliance perspective. So for the first time, we shouldn't look at compliance versus efficiency, but we can look at efficient compliance. But then back to what we were discussing in the previous disagreement, it's, uh, that doesn't stop there, right? If once that is achieved and is achieved at the minimum cost with a foundation that truly enable uh, uh, tax processes to happen seamlessly, then there is much more uh, uh, value to generate in that. And uh, uh, I mean, I want to just 
use as an example uh, the latest requirement that we see, in, they are mostly in Europe really, but uh, we do see uh, plastic packaging taxes and depending on your uh, uh, the design decision on your packaging, you're going to pay a ton of money on taxes afterward. And if the tax department has got access to the right data, they can really be become strategic advisory to, let's say, strategic partner to the, to the company, which is truly delivering value because taxes becomes part of even of the design process of the company, which uh, seems like like a cost center, like Sven uh, was mentioning, but is I mean there are plenty of examples. We can I guess go on for twenty minutes rather than three of where tax, if it comes up front, it it can really it's really going hand in hand with uh, the business process driving the company. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, I'm afraid I have to agree with that. Sveining, good round. Anything you want to say back to your colleagues? Oh, I think uh, I can only echo what Erica is saying. We can probably spend a day in, in talking about these things. But I think I just want to latch on to one little thing, the business partnering concept. I think that is super important, um, Erica. And I think tax can do more to become effective business uh, partners, generally spoken. And it's not only around the plastic packaging taxes that is now fairly new, but also think about sustainability and traceability of emissions throughout the supply chain. Every yeah. single emission has the backside and the flip side of being a taxable cost, a taxable spend. Imagine if we start to bring taxes into the management profit and we erode that at product level and we tell management, you can't sell it like this because your emission is going up, that's fine. I don't care, maybe someone will say, but your profit is going down and then the board of directors will care. Then you're impacting the earnings per share. Again. Tax can orchestrate these things. So I think the value case is just amazing and tax should be measured in a different way than a cost center. Thank you very much. Great topic. Now you all see, well, signings and on before, but Eric and Vicky, you see how a, a good discussion statement can really spark a conversation. That's what we're doing. Vicki Bradford, I'm looking at your statement number two. We have two T words on the show that are very important today. The first one is tax. The second one is transformation. And here's what Vicki told me before the show. She said, it is essential that tax has a seat at the transformation table. I'm going to stop there. Vicki, let you unpack this for us. Go ahead, please. So I think historically, the tax department or the head of tax has kind of been viewed at arm's length within an organization. They are the, the geek in the corner that does the tax numbers. And, you know, you don't always want to talk to them. But more and more, tax is becoming integrated into the broader finance function. And that's so important because all of those tax decisions ultimately happen in upstream processes. You know, tax determination happens in order to cash. You have to resign the right tax code to get the right rate of tax on an invoice. So if you're looking at a business transformation without involving tax, it's going to have consequences for your business. And those consequences could be tax related. So it could be that you can't get the numbers out to put in a tax return. So you ultimately get late filing penalties or additional exposures, increased risk, risk rating from the tax authorities. But what I think a lot of people overlook is that tax can have commercial impact if it's not properly considered. If, you, if Erica was talking about the tax e-invoicing requirements earlier, if you have to send a copy of an invoice to the tax authorities for approval before it goes to the customers and that invoice isn't right, it doesn't go to the customer. So ultimately, you're not getting paid. So then you've got a working capital issue. 
if you can't send a delivery note to the tax authorities, you've potentially got goods being stuck at the border. Now, if you can't get numbers out for a return and you have repeat offences, there's a chance you could lose your trading licence. I mean, I, I remember a few years ago, I was working with an organisation where they had an example of exactly that in, in Italy, where they had their trading licence removed. So I think gone are the days where, where taxes are silo. And if it's not involved at the transformation table, I, I doubt that that transformation is going to be successful. And it's certainly not going to create the, the kind of value that we can see when tax is brought in early. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Erica, you're sitting next to Vicky right now. Go ahead, please join us. Agree or disagree? Uh, agree, but uh, something uh, I want to add. I will not disagree with a lady, so I can't do that. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, the, in terms of agreeing, uh, uh, for, for sure, tax needed to be uh, at the forefront of the transformation. I mean, like we are saying, tax is embedded in every business process, and it, it's very simple to understand. If it's not taken care in the first place, the cost of even trying to take in care afterward is way too high. Their work and the consequences are way too high. So that's speaking itself. I don't want to spend more time on it. Uh, but uh, I think what we need to do and change to look at it in the first place is the way we look at tax because like uh, Vicky mentioned, indeed, every company think about, yeah, I've got to be compliant because otherwise I can't invoice my customer. Yeah, I've got to send invoice to the, business, the tax authority because otherwise I can't invoice my customer. But that's then a way of in the project of looking at tax as a nightmare and as let's say a problem and I need to do the bare minimum to fix my problem so my invoice can go to the customer my invoice can go to the tax authority and I can get paid from my tax from my uh, customer and that's kind of let's say the paradigm that need to change because of course that minimum compliance need to be uh, enabled of course at the minimum cost in the most efficient manner uh, that, that of course always the goal uh, but uh, both from a project perspective so when it comes to the let's say finance transformation director and so on, and also from a tax perspective, it need to be looked as a way to also generate value. So not just like tax coming with a bunch of requirement of you need to change all your business process for me to be perfectly fully compliant in 50 countries around the world uh, and be like do everything that I have to do from tax purposes. But it's like, let's work together. And these are the things we needed to work together to enable in the most efficient manner to comply in the country. But then let's look at the entire business process and see where if we involve tax and we we consider the tax aspect in the very first place, for example, look at the plastic taxes or the mission like spending was mentioned, but there are two, just two examples, even price of the product uh, can be a, a, like a small change to a price of the product can have a, a significant change to transfer pricing. So it's, uh, it's more looking at it truly as an opportunity. And uh, I do think that also from a tax perspective, we need to get better in pitching that opportunity rather than just giving a list of requirements that Thank are neither transformation because uh, that's uh, pretty much what happened all the times. Thank you. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you froze for a second there and I thought you were done. Oh, so sorry. Thank, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Great. Svining, you're wrapping up this round and then we'll go back to Vicky for responses. Yeah, how can I disagree? I'm trying hard, but it's impossible to disagree <laughs> with these two ladies. Uh, but I can probably add some nuance to it because I think tax will never have a seat at the transformation table. There is no one that says, knock, knock. We're going to do a transformation. Do you want to have a seat at the table? There is eight chairs and only seven is taken. Please take number seven, number eight. That won't happen. So if I were to add something, I think we need to step back, back to the Alfred analogy and Alfred quote. We really need to understand that digital is not something you buy. Digital is something that you become and something that you live. 
And for me, what we need is a tax function that is intrinsically interested in exploring how, uh, how technology can be used. And they need to constantly be on the search for an active change agent in the company. And that might be a finance transformation, an IT transformation, a procurement transformation. And it needs to be prepared. It needs to be prepared because at the time the transformation is announced, the transformation program have been set already. So it's difficult to jump on the bandwagon. So tax needs to have its value stories in stock. They need to know what they want, if they get it, what will be the benefit, and how would it work? That is something that every single tax function out there can start to explore while chasing and searching for active change agents. And if they then find that transformation, then they can justify their seat at the table. And that is, for me, an important note. Be upfront. When the transformation is announced, it may be too late. Thank you, Vicky. Provocative statement there. Go ahead, Vicky. Respond to both of them if you'd like. No, I, th- I think um, I, I think I agree with you, but maybe I don't. But I, I think what's important is that not every head of tax or tax team know the questions that they need to ask. They don't know how to create that value story. So I think that is a challenge because. It's, understa- it's having an understanding of what the transformation will will generate for tax, what the, what you can get out of the technology to be able to articulate what it is that you therefore need. And it's interesting, I think, over the last couple of years, I've seen a real increase in the number of organisations that have a global process owner for tax. You know, this was a role that didn't exist 10 years ago from a tax perspective. I, I worked in industry uh, in 2013 and I had a role where I was responsible for for compliance and governance and risk. And it, it was kind of like a process owner, but wasn't given that name. But it was very rare to get those types of roles in industry at the time. Now you see more and more organizations advertising roles for a, a tax GPO, you know, somebody who understands technology, who gets process, who gets data, is able to bring people along on a journey with them. And I think that that type of um, change in what the tax professional needs to be like, what their roles are going to be, is, is only going to continue. So I think there is an education piece here as well about what is it that the tax function needs, how do they articulate that, and how do they therefore link into that that transformation discussion? Because you know, it's one thing having your value story, but if you if you're not able to articulate that, or if you're not able to get your foot in the door, it's no use. So. It, I, I, I kind of agree, but I also can see a few differences in where we're coming from on it. Thank you, Vicki. I'm, I'm going to tell you all we've got about five and a half minutes left, but I want to introduce one more topic that talks to, I think, what you've just all been saying. This statement appeared in notes from all three of you, but I'm going to pick on the, the shortest one from Sveining. It's your statement number three. I'll just read it for you. Tax people will no longer be traditional tax people. So we're talking about people. Erica, you talked about people, processes, solutions. We're going to talk very, very quickly about who are these people. Vicki, I know you had a statement about senior tax people will be involved and Sveining talking. Yes. So Sveining, I'm going to let you lead us. I'm going to give you each 
Sorry, 60 seconds to respond to this. But Svining, this was your statement. So go ahead. I'll give you 90 and then 60 for each of the ladies. And then we got to wrap. Go ahead, Svining. Thanks. Uh, no, I think this goes back to what uh, Vicky said. I mean, the tax function is, function is obviously changing. I mean, we're going from being classical tax nerds that have read tax law and is really focused on the tax advisory piece to taking global process ownership. And, and that is a completely different competence. It's a very different competence. And I see that there is a split often in the tax function um, amongst companies that I work for and the companies that I advise in tax operations, also technology, and then the tax type advisory. And what we tend to see, and, and this is quite interesting, and I, I can take this statement um, from, from one of my clients. In the future, 70% of the tax function will not consist of tax people he said, and this is a global, global, large-scale client or customer in the um, or company within the um, chemicals company. And, and I think the, re- the kind of the reference is good because taking global process ownership means you need technology and data, you need controlling, you need to understand and integrate with the finance processes. So capabilities of the tax people will change over time. And I think we already start to see the change if we search again where we're broadcasting now for tax technology manager. I think you will find a lot of open positions and a lot of people that have those positions or basically uh, cover those positions. And we didn't. We didn't find them 10 years ago. So something is happening to the tax function that will change the nature of who's working there. People, whose job is it anyway? That's a question I like to ask. I've got 45 seconds for each of you now. Erica, you go in response. 45 seconds. Yeah, just, uh, just to add, uh, just adding a different perspective. It is true, like from a tax perspective, the profile will change, but I think open more opportunity on the technology side as well, because on the technology, typically people don't really want to work on tax because it's too complicated. And if you speak only the technology side, it's impossible to speak the tax language. Of course, like in everything, it's not specific to tax. People speaking both languages make a difference. So that's not a news of tax, but there will be also more technology people that can, let's say, bring opportunity on the tax world. And I just want to like close with an additional remark. There are some universities in Europe, uh, the one in Vienna, just to bring an example, which have introduced master courses on tax technology as well, which is pretty much in line with the position that Swining was mentioning. So it's definitely open. And uh, don't be late on that train if you're interested. Thank you. Vicky, 30 seconds. We're almost out of time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I think that the point that hasn't been mentioned yet is about the tax function's ability to build relationships. So a key key characteristic of the tax function of the future or the tax function of the present, to be honest, is going to be that ability to build relationships with the wider business. So you are business partnering. You know, if you're being bought in early doors when decisions are being made, you're more likely to be if, if people get on with you. And if you're able to talk their language and if you're able to build that, build those relationships. So I think that's, that's going to be key as well. That's been something people have been saying in big companies for years. And now it's permeating the tax function as well. You got to play well in the sandbox with others or at least be able to talk like you want them to think you are. Thank you all. This has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so impressed 
by all three of you. You're obviously so committed to and engaged with the topic. You brought such great insights to the table. Erica, I thank you. Sveining, I thank you. Vicki, I thank you. I'm very grateful for the provocative roundtable. This makes it more interesting for our listeners, even just a little bit of disagreement. I've got, yes, Radina says, I'm going to do some thank yous here. I've got 30 seconds to get out. So thank you to the ladies in the background who helped put this together. Radina Pangalova, to Rosanna Ernson, to Atsuko Iguchi, to thank you, of course, to the sponsor of the series, Pras Chatterjee at SAP. Erica, thank you so much. Finding always wonderful. Come back anytime. Vicky, the same. And to Aaron, our engineer. And now I have a little challenge for everybody out there. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Erica, just like Spining, just like Vicky, and maybe just like me, Bonnie D, signing off for another live and very interesting episode on Financial Excellence with Game Changers presented by SAP. Everybody wave goodbye and don't go away. Bye, live streaming. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.